0: Episode 47. OMG, Becky. Where has the time gone? Let me smash. please. Becky, please let me smash. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and, and technology. Hiney House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit honeyhouse.com. La, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think I'm actually going to redo my intro. I'm going to redo it, spice it up, do a couple of little things to it. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, I, uh, I, Quietly and behind the scenes, I pulled the curtain, did a few changes over the last month and uh, slowly rolled them out, but I've just slightly rebranded. I've added Gaming and Tech into the podcast name, um, House Gaming and Tech Podcast. Kind of gives a, a more direct, uh, in the title, a direct, um, well, topic, really. Let you know exactly what the podcast is about and uh, we'll grab more um, ears and eyes if you will. So, of course, with the new branding, the new Heine House logo, of course. So we're all we're coming together. It's it's coming together and pretty fantastic. I think so. I think I'll redo my my vocals on that intro. I'll work on that next couple of weeks. Folks, how are you doing? Episode 47. My goodness. Where's the time gone? It's just flying by. It's flying by. But uh, welcome back to the show. I'm Jason. I'm your host. And we're going to be talking about gaming and tech. Obviously, we talk about whatever happens in between there, some funny things. We're going to talk about, uh, um, we have some game stuff. We have some uh, Half-Life news, some Half-Life stuff. We actually have huge news with Half-Life in this episode. We actually hear from Half some of the Half-Life and Valve developers. And they actually, t- they talked to IGN this last week about Half-Life Alex and, and what really happened with Half-Life 3. This is great. This is, I don't, you know, I don't know why that's not front page. I mean, this is shit we've been wanting for 16 years. I've got all the details that's coming up. Um, I got Weekend Gaming History. In fact, we may start with that. Um, and then, of course, uh, let's see. What else do I have? We've got some great stuff. Some more animal droppings news. Um, some stuff on Gearbox. And some tech stuff. I actually, I have some really cool tech stuff. Some uh, S- <laughs> SSD drives failing in bricking OSs. That's uh, that's news. Lego making some new uh, computer parts. Wait, what? Yeah, I got news for that later. And then uh, some news on Overwatch characters and the development of that. And plus, we have three voicemails at the end of the show. Look at that. How's that for a recap? We have a fun-filled episode. Please, folks, don't go anywhere. Sit right there. We're going to give a round of applause to our patrons right here. Thank you for your support. As I say always, folks, this show is 100% supported and funded by your pledges right here on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jason Heiney. That is the website. And if you like the show, if you enjoy it, if you're kicking back, you're hanging out at your house, you're in quarantine like the rest of us, uh, and you're finding this enjoyable, hey, check it out. Maybe consider uh, joining. I do an after party once a month. <clears throat> That's coming up. If you join the main floor, look at all the people who join the main floor there. Main floor and above, get that uh, game. That, uh, the, uh, the game lofters and the main floors get that extra show. It ranges between anywhere between 20 minutes to maybe an hour. And I talk about stuff additional that I can't talk about on the show right here. I go in, I dive deep. Sometimes I may even show off some stuff. And we talk about things that I I don't necessarily have out. Like recently, actually, we were looking for um, the Wii. (laughs) Okay, this is really funny. I'll say this before we get onto it. So we were looking for... So my homie Metal Jesus, he posted on Twitter. He posted a picture of his uh, PS3 um, Netflix... Disc. They used to put in your disc or put in your disk, put in your console, and then it would launch Netflix. When that first came out, that's how you would launch and play Netflix on your console. You'd actually put the disc in, it would launch Netflix, and then you would watch your Netflix, right? You'd have to basically load it, load the app before they had the app out. And so he was like, How many people even have these anymore? And I'm like, Bro, fuck. I used to have it on display. <laughs> okay. So I go, Steph, where is it? Well, through the shuffle of everything. And we actually talked about this recently about like storage and, you know, having your things on display versus, uh, you know, uh, packed away and stuff like that. But anyway, we dug around probably for two hours looking. We were going through bins left, left and right. And finally, and this is so, this is, a, this is exactly what I'm saying. This is so funny how this works. The very, okay, we have this, uh, basically in our bedroom, we have bins from floor to ceiling of just stuff. And we're digging, we're pulling off the bins. We're going all the way, all the way to the bottom. Funny thing is the very last bin on the ground. All right. Very last bin, like six or seven deep. Open it up in the very back, in the bottom, in a plastic Ziploc bag where I have, I don't know, maybe a hundred video game manuals is the disc. It's in there. It's the very last bin, last thing in the back, hidden in the, in the furthest part of the house. It's almost like it was on purpose. It was like, you know what? You're not going to find me ever again. Oh, we found you. We found you, bruh. bruh. So anyway, where I'm going with this is that Steph goes, you need to like film an episode of you going through some of this stuff. It's really cool. Like I have, I have a Nintendo Wii box, which, um, I bought parts from Nintendo basically the second or third day after the Wii was launched. It's a long story. My friend broke the Wii remote. On like the the night of launch Throwing it really hard We were playing bowling And his fucking wrist strap broke And it fucking hit the ceiling And exploded And sheetrock was flying everywhere And I'm like you know what I kicked those fuckers out of the house to go this that's it Out 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 Everyone out And they're like okay Sounds good Sounds good They left I sat there and I just I, I cuddled and swaddled The little Wii remote I was just like Oh you little Poor little Poor little guy. He got hit. He got hit. He's no. He's he's okay. He's fine. It's a Pez dispenser, by the way. This pretty cool. You probably can't see it. So so bright in here. So anyway, yeah. I kicked their asses out, and I went directly to Nintendo store and I ordered a whole shitload. I spent I don't know maybe a hundred bucks and I bought extra parts for a Wii. I bought battery covers. I bought um, memory card covers. Controller covers. I bought um a whole ton of wrist straps. I just everything they had to offer, spare parts, I bought. And uh, yeah, I've got them all and I want to show them. It's really cool, man. It's really cool to see them like in their original like Nintendo packaging and like you can't get this stuff anymore. It's not available. So this, a, this is a very long I'm sorry, it's a very long-winded uh explanation of this. But I was thinking about going through that box and showing off some of the cool um parts that are not available anymore uh, for patrons on there. Maybe I was going to do a video on YouTube, but I was going to start there and show you guys first. We'll go through it kind of just haphazardly. Um, So that's on the uh, the Patreon after party. I'll just put up a slide one last time. But there it is. Folks, thank you again so much for your support. And I'm pulling this up again because, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome, we have a brand new patron here. Everyone give a warm welcome and hello to Thomas Hansen. Thomas, hello! Thank you so much. We appreciate you joining. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your support. Okay, let's uh, jump into the episode. Should we do gaming history first? I mean, you know, I'll throw you for a loop. Let's do it, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week in gaming history. (laughs) Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. How about that? Uh, this is a section of the show where we talk about games that were released in the past uh, during the dates and the week this podcast comes out, which is March 29th all the way through April 4th. Hello, April. It's April O'Neil. No, Shredder. Okay, here we go. Uh, 1998 on March 29th, Parasite Eve on PS1 in Japan was released. Uh, I guess no other games were released on that day because we jump all the way forward to 2019 Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered on PlayStation 4 was released. I didn't even know they did a 3 Remastered to be honest. Was the uh the hitboxes and the the uh, collision in the world improved much Did they do anything with the engine? Who knows about that? That's just like oh my goodness. Um And let's move on to the next day. March 30th. In 1994... Oh, this is a good one. Saturday Night Slam Masters on Super Nintendo in Japan. I will admittedly say, this is a game that I did not rent and or play back in the day. Whether... I don't know if it was because our video store didn't have it, or we just didn't get it. I mean, looking at the box, I would absolutely have picked this up. One, it's Capcom. and We knew Capcom was making great games, even back then. If it said Capcom on the box, we were there. But also... It was a freaking multiplayer wrestling game, which is always fun with friends. And not only that, this is kind of like over the top. It's almost like a hybrid between like, like a WWF and like a street fighter game. And it's super like the, the, the music's amazing. The graphics are incredible. Like the gameplay is so fun. This is the game I found later on in life and love it. Absolutely love it. What a great game. Saturday night slam masters. If you haven't played that, pick that game up, put it on your list and go try to find that one. You will not be disappointed. In 1996, on March 30th, Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil on PS1 uh, in the USA was released. We reported on it, I think last week, was in Japan, and so now it came out in the US. Um, I always say it, but that's the game that uh, I wet myself when I play. Wait, what? I do what? I'm sorry. Uh, how about 2000? In 2000, Dead or Alive 2 on PS2 in Japan was released. How about that? Move on to the next day. March 31st, the last day of the month, folks. Here we go. 1997, the incredible 1997 release of Doom 64 on N64. And we just recently got a release of this, a port on PC and consoles. Oh, it's so awesome that we got this with Doom Eternal. Who is playing Doom Eternal? Who is playing Doom 64? I would like to know. And I would also like to know how this port is, because you can pick it up for like five bucks, uh, in the e shops and on Steam and definitely want to get it and go and play through it again. I, I played a, a little bit of Doom 64 back in the day when it came out. I mean, I have it. I own it. But um, I think I honestly I didn't get very far in it. It wasn't like that. It was a bad game. It's just I kind of lost interest and I don't really know why. So that's why I want to revisit it as an adult, as an adult. And maybe um, maybe get through it there. I'm a man, baby. It's a man, baby. But uh, hit me up in Discord. All right? Discord. Um, you go to uh, check the show notes. The link's in there. Also, my website, honeyhouse.com, has the link at the very top left of your screen to join Discord. Get in there. I'd like, <clears throat> like to know how it is. Um, uh, The next, see, what is it? Also on March 31st in 1998, StarCraft, the original StarCraft on PC. How about that? That was a game changer, wasn't it? Sure was. Um, Let's move on to the next day. Hello, April. April 1st. We are there. Daytona. Let's go away. Let's go away. Roaring start. Yes, I'm ruining it for you. It's Daytona USA, folks. But can you guess on what platform, though? Saturn. The Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn as the happy console gamer would say Sega Saturn on Japan uh, in Japan in 1995. Wow. Yep, I remember that. You know, they um there was a, actually there's a ton of ports of Daytona USA. And some of them better than others, of course, but uh, you know, the Saturn it it really tried. It did it did a lot of things right, but uh that version I believe is uh not very good. Not very good. It wasn't really until the Dreamcast that we got a proper Daytona USA port. With Daytona 2001, I believe it was called. But yeah, another another great game though too. Love it. Uh, same day, same year, folks. The incredible Mortal Kombat 3 in the arcade. Man, 1995. What a great year. That's actually one of my, what I would consider one of the golden years of gaming not just like pretty much like in general arcade home consoles pc like there was a lot that was developing in 1995 and if you just look at the release of in 1995 of like arcades and games that came out not only that consoles like we were we were heated in console wars we had playstation one and saturn all these that just just were coming out like whew. Ooh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. What an amazing time for gaming! It's a golden year for me. Uh, two thousand and one on April first, the Oregon Trail fifth edition on PC. The fifth edition, that's right. What are they on now? Like two hundredth edition? I think so. They're all, they're all, they're on the fucking Oregon Trail. They're all like in autonomous vehicles, they're autonomous wagons, like robot horses. That's what's going on. They're like, Just like cruising down there. Like picking up stuff on the side of the road. Like, oh, oh, McDonald's wrapper. Oh, no, that's not what we need. These are not berries. Keep going, oxen. Um, in 2003, Red Faction 2 on the OG Xbox. Don't call it the Xbox One. That would be wrong. <laughs> but it was the first Xbox. That was in 2003. Pretty fantastic. Okay, let's move on to the next day. April 2nd, in 1991, Robocop 2 on NES. 1993, Final Fight CD on Sega CD. 1994, Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. Super Nintendo in Japan. 1995, Hong Kong 97 on Super Nintendo. Wait, what's Hong Kong 97? Oh, I, think, I think you guys know what Hong Kong is. It's my favorite game. It's my favorite game. Can I... Is this going to work? Let's see if it works. Hong Kong 97. Wait, what? Let me turn this off. <laughs> Let's see if we'll play it. This should be the title screen. Music. Should I just let this go for the next uh, hour? (laughs) This is the intro music. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, that is Hong Kong ninety-seven. It is a uh, basically a, a bootleg game maker in Japan. They took like Bruce Lee and a whole bunch of other like fighting genre, movie, pictures, and it's just just terrible. It's just unbelievable. Go look it up if you really want to know the history of it. It's just terrible. (laughs) Hong Kong 97. I just, I put that up because it's so funny. I think when I used to do my drum covers, I think someone requested it. And uh, that's what we we learned about. It It was fucking hilarious. Uh, 1998 Metal Slug 2 on Neo Geo was released. 1998. Mm. Heavy machine gun. We keep saying that when we're playing animal droppings. (laughs) What are we saying, Steph? Iron Nugget. (laughs) Golden Iron Nugget. So good. Uh, 2019. I put this in here because what? Power Rangers Battle for the Grid on PS4. Wait, what? There was a Power Ranger game that was released last year. Does anyone know about this? Where's Cliva? He probably knows about this. don't. What? Have anybody played that? Crazy. All right, two more days here. We're doing a speed run here. April third in two thousand one, The Simpsons wrestling on PS one. Nineteen ninety three, Breath of Fire on Super Nintendo in Japan. Two thousand and five, Doom three on original Xbox. Two thousand seven, Guitar Hero two. Oh, the amazing Guitar Hero two on three sixty. Look at that! Holy shit! They were releasing that so late. Oh no, I guess it wasn't that late. That was two. Th- oh, okay, I'm. My brain said 2017. No, t- 2007. Okay. In uh, 2019, Borderlands: Game of the Year Edition, PS4 and Xbox One. I think they released that one when they announced the third one, didn't they? I think so. That was last year. I remember that. I remember that time. I remember all my coworkers being like so stoked about it, really excited. And finally, folks, the very last day here, April 4th, in 1997, the original Metal Slug on Saturn in Japan. In 2000, Star Wars, Episode One Racer on Dreamcast. Incredible. One of my favorites. In 2006, SWAT 4, Gold Edition. Gold Edition! On PC. Mm. 2008, Flat Out Head-On on on PSP. That is an exclusive to PlayStation Portable right there. Flat Out Head-On. Which I think is kind of like, it's basically Flat Out 2, but we'll, we'll just leave it there. Uh, Two games in 2017 on April 4th, Parappa the Rappa Remastered on PS4, and Persona 5 on PS3 and PS4. Folks, I really only have one thing to say about all that. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, that was this week in gaming
1: history.
0: (laughs) I really hope that song gets stuck in your head all day long. That's, that's, That's what I'm trying to do. Folks, let's jump into a little gaming news. How about that? There's some gaming stuff that's happened this week. Let's talk about it. Okay, I actually have some really interesting discussions about this stuff. Uh, a couple of deep dives, one being that the Switch, no, I'm good, thank you. One of the Switch has now surpassed the lifetime Wii sales in Japan. Let that sink in for a second. The Nintendo Switch has surpassed the lifetime sales of the Wii. How long has the Switch been out? Three years? I think three years. We just reported on its birthday. Now, Steph just over here said, I bet half of that happened when Animal Crossing came out. This is all part of the discussion. You're absolutely right, in fact. Two things play a role in this. One, animal droppings. And two, COVID-19. Let's talk about this. Um, so the Switch had an extremely successful week. Now, just in general, the week has been huge. They have sold almost 400,000 units, just shy of it. 392,576. So just shy 400,000 units just last week alone. Okay? That's huge. Uh, despite the Wii's global dominance uh, in the gaming world here, that system only shifted 12.7 mil- million units worldwide. Okay? Um, with the vast majority of those coming from America and Europe. Now, the Switch... Just past that, 12.8 total. So a couple things have happened, right? So one, Animal Droppings has released. And this is probably Nintendo's, other than Smash Bros., this is probably the most anticipated and sought-after game, I think, in the Switch's library, to be honest. I think we can safely say. Um, I don't really think we've seen... I mean, I I haven't seen any... I mean, when Smash came out, yes, everyone was playing it. And it was fucking nuts, right? It was nuts. Um, And what a brilliant game that is, too. Again, first party stuff. We're going to talk more about this in, in a little bit more detail. But animal droppings, man, people, this is like everyone can play it. Smash Bros, not everyone can play that game. And I don't mean like because you're not good. I just mean like the the gaming interest only applies to certain gamers. I think everyone can agree. You can't take Smash Bros home to like your parents or some, well, some parents you can And, you know, just, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can, but a majority of like, you take it to grandma, she's not going to be like, I don't want to play that Smash Bros game, you know, she's not going to want to play that. But animal droppings, you look at it, you can see like, it's almost like Sims, right? I mean, that's why it's so accessible to, to all types of gamers, which is great. And I think that's the appeal of it. And that's what's happening. Moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, kids, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. Everyone's playing. it. It's a freaking crazy animal droppings, and it's so fun. So that's number one. Most anticipated game, the gaming appeal for people. And uh, yeah, it's selling like like wildfire. It's crazy. So that's number one. So this week already had that going for it. I think we would have broke records. If we didn't have COVID-19, all this other stuff going on, I think we still would have broke records with sales figures with animal droppings. And then two, obviously COVID-19 is happening and everyone's indoors. Places are locked down, social distancing, you know, being mandated. So people are indoors playing it. Okay. And with that, people who may not have had a Nintendo switch prior, maybe they're waiting for this game to come out to get it. And, or they've heard about it. They log on to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they can't, you can't deny it. It's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's posting about it. Everyone's showing it. And people are curious. So they're like, I want it. Let's check it out. Let's see." I have a lot of people online. I see they're like, what is this Animal Crossing game? I've never heard of it before. Or I've heard of it, but I've never gotten into it. What is this? What's the big hoopla? And they talk about it. And then they're like, I I actually kind of want to play that. It looks fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fucking great. It's fun. It's awesome. It's fun. So that also is happening. So then people are buying switches. Well, here's the problem now, too. Now we have a supply-demand issue. Because of COVID-19, we're all indoors. And also, Nintendo has had a manufacturing issue in China with this. So the demand uh, for hardware has gone up. And the manufacturing for hardware is more limited in general. So the switches are actually not available. I, I was talking to... Um, I think I was talking to uh, my homie, Glav, Um on Twitch when we were streaming and also in discord. And he was saying he's trying to get a switch to play. No stores have it. You cannot get a switch anywhere. Like they're just not available. And that's insane. You know? So we have a supply demand issue with this. So it's actually, man, I mean, for Nintendo, this is, it's actually a gift and a curse, right? They're selling their games. They're, they're happy. And it is a brilliant game. Honestly. I mean, there's some things about it. We'll talk about maybe if you guys want, maybe we we'll, maybe a different episode. I don't know. I mean, I have, a, I have some notes we'll talk about, but it's like, it's such a great game. It's fun and everyone wants it, but we have a supply demand issue with it right now, but let's rewind a little bit. Okay. So there's all that happening, right? That's the reasoning. We also have, um, a very interesting conversation to have about this. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking. I said, wait a minute. So the Switch is three years old and it has surpassed the lifetime sales of the Wii. That fucking blows me away. The Wii was such a powerhouse console in the the form of uh, gaming acceptance among the general public. That was another one where it was just so fun and easy for any type of gamer to jump in and play. Grandma, grandpa were having it. They were installing these in nursing homes and giving the elderly an excuse to play bowling and sports and have fun and get up and have some motion, do some exercise, brilliant. The motion control, when they introduced motion control, that changed the gaming industry, that changed the gaming landscape, period. I mean, you saw people scrambling. Why do you think we have the PlayStation Move? Why do you think we have motion and controls today, all right? And that's not. it's not because of Nintendo, but in a way, it's a big part of because of Nintendo because they were the first to really come through and make that, Mass market appeal. They were the first to come through with that and really make it something. And Nintendo has tried to do this even back in the day. Do you guys remember the Power Glove? All right. You remember that they they are innovators. All right. The Power Glove was a huge failure, but they tried. Right. They tried. Like you remember seeing them trying to like fly the plane with their hands and shoot and do stuff. Come on, man. You got to give it to them. They really tried. Um, but no, the Wii Remote huge. Huge success. Let me, let me rewind a little bit now. So that is an interesting topic, right? This is an interesting conversation because in three years, the Switch has fucking outsold the Wii. And I thought, why is, how is that? And then it dawned on me, duh. I was, I was alive during these times. I remember when this happened. I know exactly why this happened. Here we go. Here's the reason. When, this, when the Wii came out, I waited in line at Fred Meyer in Portland, Oregon in the cold to get the Nintendo Wii. All right. I waited in line and I got it there. Wait in line. They, luckily they did a midnight release, which is crazy. Fucking Fred Meyer. It's a goddamn grocery store. Fred Meyer. And I got it. Now the Wii had a whole slew of great games that were available at launch. And you remember that, right? Excite truck, call of duty. I think Zelda was even in there. There was, there was a whole bunch of great games. That you could play. Not a lot, but there were a bunch of really good games. And they had all the all the controllers there, all the accessories. Everything was there. It was fantastic. Now, getting a Wii, though, that was the difficult part. That was the hard part. So people who wanted to get a Wii could not. And for the first, honestly, I'm going to say for at least the first year and a half to two years. I remember this. It was difficult. You couldn't just walk into uh game slop or you couldn't walk into Babbage's or EB or Best Buy or Walmart you couldn't just walk in and buy one they were just not available so as fast as they were making them they were selling them but they weren't making them fast enough I I don't think Nintendo anticipated the revolution oh what a great pun they weren't expecting the revolution I'm fired no (laughs) please no I still have another hour to go (laughs) let me finish my my work shift They weren't expecting the revolution that console was going to make, even though, and I say that for for people who aren't completely fucked up in the head and nerdy like me, you may not know. The Wii was called the revolution before it was named the Wii. And if you look at any of the controllers, any of the accessories, if you look on the back, it will say RVL dash, and then the number of which the the accessory is 001, 002, whatever have you. So it's called the revolution. Very, very cool. It's like GameCube. It was D-O-L. If you look on any accessory that's GameCube, it'll say D-O-L on the back for the part number because it originally was called Dolphin was the, uh, the working um, name for it. A lot of cool stuff. Nintendo's always done that with stuff. Okay, so anyway, the, the revolution, which I honestly feel like it might have been a better name, but that's okay. That's just me. We've accepted the Wii. We've accepted your Wii. Um, so yeah, so when the Wii came out, could not get it. It was very difficult to get, right? had a bunch of great games already. Hard to get the console. Now, remember when Switch came out 3 years ago? You remember that? What what was available? Not a lot of games. However, you could get a Switch. You could walk into any store and just buy one. They had tons of them available. We walk, every store we went into. I think we saw one. And we were all like, uh, I remember I remember Steph and I saying many, many times. We looked at each other and we're like, "Should we get one?" And then she goes, "I don't I don't know. I mean, there's there's I mean, this game and this game is pretty good, like I know I'll play that. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I remember I was saying, let's wait for smash to come out. You know what? Maybe, maybe we'll wait for the next Kirby or Yoshi game or something. Maybe we'll wait. They didn't have any games out for like at least the first gosh, what year, year and a half. I mean, it was crazy. So that's the flip flop. That's, that's the flip flop is that switch readily available console, no games at launch. And I say that as kind of a blanket term. There were some good games. Don't get me wrong. Don't yell at me. But I'm just saying in general, they didn't have a lot of... Okay, let's just say heavy hitter. They didn't have a lot of heavy hitter games. Ones that really would sell the console. Maybe one or two. Wii. Tons of great games. Tons of heavy hitter games at launch. Could not get the console. So that's the flip-flop. And I think that also plays uh, a part in it. I think that plays a role in uh, the sales that we're seeing today. And then by the time the Wii became available people were able to get it and stuff like that but i think the initial shock the initial uh, impact of that console may have gone over the hill you know it may it may have uh, may have passed by that time so a very interesting conversation i kind of went a little deeper onto it on i was actually going to maybe save that for an after party because i know i'd be taking up too much time but whatever it's all good um, let's move on to a half-life alex half-life alex is released uh, Valve released that on their new hardware, the new VR hardware. And uh, the question that I have is, have you played it? Do you have the uh, the Valve VR units? Do you have any any VR unit that works with it? And have you played it? People are saying it's fantastic. They are saying it's good. And I think, I think deep down, we all knew it was going to be fantastic, right? I think we all knew we're like, yeah, it's going to be good. I don't have a VR setup for that. Um, but... Maybe in time, you know, in time it will happen right now. It's not the time, but, uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to hear from you guys. Have you played it? Do you like it? Is it fantastic? Let me know. Um, just hit me up in discord or whatever. Like, like holler, holler in the podcast chat in discord. Let me know. Uh, I just need to know which this jumps us into, A another kind of large discussion about Half-Life 3. Let's jump right into this news. I got a bunch of great stuff to talk about. I'm gonna read some things that were posted. This was from IGN. They had an interview with some of the staff from Valve and also some of the developers on Half-Life. And this is the first time we've ever heard about any of this stuff. For the last 16 years, we're wondering why the fuck can't they finish Half-Life? They can never put a three in their titles of their games. Portal, only goes to two. Half-Life, only goes to two. Uh, what's the other ones? Fucking um, Counter-Strike, only goes to two. Counter-Strike, go, but it's the second game, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, Team Fortress, only went to two. Um, de- um, um, shooty, shooty, bang, bang, zombie. Left for Dead, only went to two. Right? Like, <laughs> what's, what's up with all this? Why can't they figure out three? They got to put three in their names. This is good stuff. Let's talk about it. I'll read some stuff, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, here we go. So IGN, they dove into the question of Half-Life 3 with Valve staffers in a recent interview uh, that now sheds light and gives details on the answer that we have yet ever to see before or read. Um, And again, I wrote on here, first of all, go visit IGN.com, get the full interview. You should sit down and read the entire thing. It's fantastic. I tried to summarize it here. All right. So give credit to IGN for this. It's great. Uh, So we're going to, we have to go back a few years, uh, like the 2000s. We got to really take ourselves back here. When they were developing episode one and two, um, that lengthy parallel development of engine and game was difficult enough that the company has found that they never want to repeat that. All right. Um, According to veteran Valve level designer, Dario Casali, he says, quote, I think our main takeaway from that is get some stable technology and then build a game on top of it. He told that to IGN. With the source engine done, the idea was to avoid another long wait for a true Half-Life 3 by using the engine that existed in the resources on a smaller episode-based add-on. Episode 1 in 2006 and Episode 2 in 2007 proved that developmental concept could work. So for the planned Episode 3, though, Casali went in to say, we found ourselves creeping ever forward towards, well... Let's just keep putting more and more and more in because we want to make this game as good as it can be. And then we realized these episodes were turning more into just sequels. So valve opted not to push it forward with a new feature episode because they wanted it to be bigger and better than before, just like they had done in the past instead of the same old, same old stuff. The problem is that they were working on the source 2 engine at the time. So wanted to develop the new Half-Life 3 for that engine. Oh my gosh, folks. Um, but that engine would not come until many, many years later, if you remember. In 2015, Dota 2 was the very first game to use the Source 2. Think about that. Think about how long that time frame was. And by the time that engine came out in 2015 they were already working on a possible VR type experience and they decided at that time in 2014-2015 to push half-life in the direction of VR and spend the next 4 years which they put on here it took 4 years to develop that alone so then here we are 4 years later 2019 right here we i mean 2020 now but basically that entire span was spent on developing half-life alex For the VR. So the takeaways here, it's completely dependent on the game engine. It's completely dependent on the game engine. And I'm going to say a couple of things. Uh, man, I've, you know what? It's fucking crazy. I have, okay. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm going to, I have, I have not that I've called this out, but I have said shit like this in, from the very beginning. You want to know why? I said the same thing with Battlefield. Why do you think Battlefield sucks right now? Why do you think it sucks? Why do you think the gunplay isn't very good? Why do you think the gameplay isn't like early Battlefield games? Why do you think it just sucks? It's because we have leaped so far forward with a new game engine that doesn't feel anything like the older games. But it has to evolve. So how do you evolve a game engine... And build a new game on that new game engine, but still retain the feeling of the old game engine. Newsflash, you can't. That's the thing, you can't. So the reason why that Battlefield sucks is because it's using the brand new Frostbite engine. And no disrespect to the new Frostbite, it's fucking fantastic. They use it on the Need for Speed, all the new Battlefield games, there's a whole host of games they're using new Frostbite for. But for me, Battlefield is Bad Company 2 with Frostbite 1.5. That's the game engine. And they can't get that feeling back. Because why? They're not going to go backwards in time. I've been saying this shit for so many fucking years. And the same thing has happened now with Half-Life. This makes complete sense. This makes complete sense. They're like, look, we have Source 2, and it's light years ahead of Source, game engine. So let's put it on that. But... Mm, let's work on this vr thing okay you know we're probably going to get half-life three and it's going to be on source two and i bet you it's going to be incredible is it going to have the same feel as the original half-life games no i'm saying no i doubt it will because they aren't going to go back in time they're not going to go back 16 years and develop the game on an old engine on old software developers just don't do that i think they should I think they should. I think they should release a free-to-play Battlefield game and use Frostbite 1.5 and offer it free. I think they should make a free-to-play Half-Life some type of experience and use the original Source, Source engine. You know, I think they should do this sort of thing. They have the assets. They've created the fucking engine. It's their assets. They should do it. Plus, they've released Source open, be- uh, not open beta, but uh, open source. Years ago, they gave it to the public. That was the smartest thing they could have ever done. How many great games have we got from Source? Oh, my God. Source is probably one of the best game engines. Period. Period. So I find this very fascinating. When I was reading this IGN article, I'm sitting there going, I'm fucking blown away. Like, I'm not blown away, but I am blown away. Like, we are dependent on the engine. It's crazy. It's so crazy that it was the game engine. They were trying to push it towards Source 2. Then they were like, oh VR is the cash grab v r is the new big thing let's go let's go push let's go push half life alex and and god I hate saying it. let's go push our v r units and 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 stick it to them by saying you can have the new half life but it's on our thousand dollar v r headset Come on bro that's what they said that's what they said that's what they did, and it's kind of a low blow i mean does does valve really need the money i mean I guess you could argue, sure, everyone needs the money, but like, bro, don't be, mm, it's kind of dirty. Gotta say, it's a little dirty. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, and then finally, to wrap up this article here, lastly, Valve's Robin Walker confirmed earlier in the month that the company thinks Alex is not, is quote, not the end of the franchise. Well, of course, can't be. They're going to have to bring on Half-Life 3 eventually. And it's going to be on source too. And it's going to be amazing. It's not going to have the same feel, but it's going to be enough. It'll be, it'll be fine. I don't think they're going to pull the same roads as Battlefield did and completely destroy the franchise. I think, I think it's still going to be good. Um, uh, in a recent interview with PC gamer, longtime valve, um, employee, Eric Woolpaw said, uh, he's, he's excited and ready to sign up for the next one. He says, quote, end quote, um, now for the long half-life drought. Now that the long-time half-life drought is finally over, he's ready to sign up for the next chapter in it. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but that is, uh, that is craziness. And I think uh, what a great discussion that, uh, yeah, we have developers that are fighting. Think about this, folks. They are fighting with their own software. They are struggling and fighting and battling, releasing games based off their own fucking software game engines. They want to advance it, advance it. You know what? Just put it out there. Put it out there. It's like me and my music. Just put it the fuck out there. I was just talking to my friend Bido. We were playing Call of Duty the, uh, last night even. He goes, you know, you need to start putting that fucking music out. Because you got all this music, just put it out. Same thing, you know? Sometimes you don't have to try to go for perfection every time. You just got to release it. Good topics. Good discussion right there. Half-Life 3. Hopefully we see Half-Life 3 on Source 2 in the future. Um, and lastly, on Game News, some sad news, actually. Uh, Gearbox Software co-founder Landon Mon- Montgomery has died. Uh, the news was confirmed on Wednesday by the official Gearbox Software Twitter account, and they, they wrote, wrote this, quote, We are heartbroken after learning today of the passing of one of our co-founders, Landon Montgomery statement reads in an in the in our earliest years Landon played a big role in helping set our path we will always be thankful and remember him for being a part of our lives during this trying time our thoughts support and affection are with those who are closest to him um he worked at Bethesda Softworks as an artist and level designer on Elder Scrolls um he also did um uh, Elder Scrolls, oh, uh, the Adventual uh, Battle Spire. Before co-founding co- Gearbox Software in 1999, following that he worked on some of the best-known game series of the previous decade, including Half-Life, Brothers in Arms, Halo, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. Before leaving the studio in 2010, he remained involved with games, however, working as esports program director in marketing firm The Richards Group, uh, and then as general manager at MMO Studios Daybreak Games. Pretty cool. Uh, in late 2019, he took up a producer position at NVIDIA. And the cause of death has not been released. All right? So rest in peace there, Landon. That's uh, really, really sad news. Um, okay. Well, who who likes reporting on death? I fucking hate it. It's terrible. Um, let's move on to some tech news. How about that? Let's talk about a few things. I have a couple of stuff to talk about. An article came across talking about Hewlett Packard. Remember, remember HP Hewlett Packard? Yeah, they're still around. They're still around. They're still doing some things. However, they released a couple of, I say a couple, (laughs) a couple hundred thousand probably or more, uh, SSD drives. All right. They unfortunately have a flaw in their OS, in their OS, the flaw is, think about this. Okay, this is a, this is a tough one. After they have clocked 40,000 hours of service, all right, of being active, being on, after 40,000 hours, they brick. They brick. And you can't fix it. They just stop working. They fucking brick. Crazy. Uh, Hewlett-Packard has warned that certain drives could fail if buyers don't take action soon. And of course, due to an OS, a firmware bug, the product in question will be bricked exactly 40,000 hours, which is equivalent to four years, 206 days, 16 hours exactly (laughs) after the SSD has entered service. Um, Yeah, the drives in question, now take note, folks, if you bought an uh, HP SSD, I don't think a lot of you have because these drives were for enterprise usage. So this is for like Um, storage, backup storage, um, enterprise like raid systems, but still, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe you got a new egg blowout and you got a few good deals on, I don't know. But if you do, here are the question, here are the drives in question, 800 gigabyte and 1.6 terabyte SAS models. Um, they actually posted a bulletin. If you are, if you do have one of these, just go to their website. They have a bulletin on it. Read the specifics because I do not want you to have any issues. All right. Um, this applies to all the SSDs with firmware HPD seven or earlier firmware. Okay, they actually have a fix, a firmware fix. So you have to go in and update your firmware on your SSD drives to fix it. But they do have a fix. Thank goodness. Anyway, I wanted to report that just in case anyone has it. Shit. I mean, everyone's getting SSD now. Um, what's up with Lego? Are they doing something with uh, GPUs and graphics cards? Wait, what? Lego wants to know, do you want us to make computer parts? And I'm not meaning computer parts for your real computer. I mean Lego computer parts. If you head over to the Lego's ideas page, you can actually vote for a 3 d effects voodoo graphics card. <laughs> yes. I'm voting and I'm voting yes. I want a 3D graphics voodoo card. I want to go back to the 90s and early 2000s and just relive my World playing this card right? Oh shit, that's not it. Hold on, where is it? Got to mirror? You again? Come on, connect. Yeah, she. <laughs> mirror. I'm gonna have to put a mirror in here. Oh, riddle me this. There it is. Look at that. 3D effects voodoo card. Isn't that amazing? Honestly, I would love to build those and have an entire wall just full of like Lego PC components. Huh? How cool is that? It's amazing. And not only that, look at that. That's something even I can build. A dummy like me. I don't even need instruction manuals. Well, yeah, maybe I do. But I can still build it. That looks great. What are the ages? Ages three and up, five and up. What is it? I can do it. I'm a big boy now. I wear pull-ups. Right, Steph? I got pull-ups. She's just shaking her head. So why, you still me to wipe your ass? why do I still... Why do I still... She asked, why do I ask her to wipe my ass? Well, because I'm lazy. And I need help. Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. All right. How about that? 3D effects. I want it. Daddy wants it. Um, You probably have noticed if you're watching YouTube, which I don't know. I'm thinking all of you are watching YouTube. That uh, the next time you load up YouTube, it won't look as sharp as it does from default. That's because they have lowered their uh, quality settings by default across the board to try to help with network and connectivity. Uh, Because, uh, yeah, everyone's home and streaming and watching and playing. And uh, it's taken a huge hit on networks. So YouTube is trying to help out by lowering their bitrate and their quality settings at first. I think for 480p or, or, or what is it, 320? I don't know. I don't think it goes that low. I think for, maybe it's 480 by default. But you can click the settings, just like old school. Remember old school days? We used to have to do that on every video before it def- like it had default settings. We had to usually go in there and select... Select our quality it didn't default to that but uh, anyway i think most of you have noticed this by now but if not that is happening um many other services are doing this too netflix hulu a bunch of others are kind of trying to not throttle but just lower their quality by default to try to help and um yeah you know anything to do to try to help networks i guess um, now, this is funny. This is an article. I saw Steph sent this article over to me. I just read the headline, and I typed the headline in, and I didn't read the article because I'm going to take a wild shot in the dark and wild guess, and I want you guys to tell me if I'm right. I just want you to tell me if I'm right because I'm a fucking psychic because I just called, I just figured out Half-Life 3. I knew it from the beginning. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I truly, I didn't read the article, and I want you to tell me if I'm right. Here's what I wrote. Overwatch's Echo character is the final character to be added. That's all I wrote. And that's all the article I saw. I didn't even read it. Um, now, I'm going to take a wild guess, wild shot in the dark, and say this is the final character because they are going to move all resources and all focus to Overwatch 2. I feel like they've already done that, though. Like, what? All right, but that's my guess. Am I right? Go read the article. Let me know if I'm right. Or just tell me I'm wrong And I won't know I won't know I haven't read the article Just tell me I'm wrong Fuck it Just tell me I'm wrong <laughs> That is the end Of tech news <laughs> Fuck it Just tell me I'm wrong I have no idea Yeah I know I'm just working here I have no idea It's time Are you guys ready? Yeah, that's right. We're going to jump right into the phone lines here. The Heine House podcast hotline is available to you. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Call it. Leave me a voicemail. Hang up your phone. That simple. That's all you got to do. If you're outside of the U.S. and it's long distance and you don't want to do that, completely get it. Live at gmail.com. That's the email. Send it on. Record yourself on your phone, your computer, your talkboy, whatever you have. Send it on over. Cup and string. Have Maybe have your friend hold a cup and string on the other end of the house and then talk into one and then, I don't know, a voice recorder on the other. Just however you want to do it. 503-908-5490 or hineyhouselive at gmail.com. That is the hotline. We actually have three voicemails. Three voicemails today, which is great. Thank you, everyone, for taking part and jumping on the, uh, the old uh, phone lines there. I'm going to load up my... My email here, pull them up. You know we got one from the man Cam, the voicemail maniac. He's always on here, having a good time, hanging out with us. Click on play messages, if we can get this going here. Turn off my mirroring. so i don't mirror that over. We don't need to do that. Okay, cool. Please play. Just My iPad is so slow, slow as shit. It takes forever. Thankful to have it, but it takes forever. Here we go.
1: Hey, Jason, voicemail maniac, Mr. Cameron Johnson here. There he is. I uh, have a question for you for this week's podcast. The question is, are you typically an early adopter or a late adopter? Hmm. Do, you, uh, you know, do you typically, or, or I should say, um, what consoles were you an early adopter on day one purchaser, and which ones did you kind of wait around a little bit? Um, I think in my case, I guess I was pretty much a late adopter for almost all of them to some degree, except for the 3DO, which I probably paid for figuratively and literally. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, but everything else, um, I waited at least a year, if not multiple years, before uh, I took the plunge. You know, I hold that, I, I take that back. I think in 1990, I got a Game Boy, original Game Boy. Oh, yeah. The 3DO yeah. and Game Boy. One of those worked out much better, better than the other. Hope you're having a great week, sir. And uh, we'll see you on the next
0: podcast. Thank you, Cameron. Appreciate the voicemail. That's a great question. Am I an early adopter or late adopter? That is a great question. And uh, to to answer that, it varies. Um, I think I'm more of an early adopter or day one adopter on Nintendo stuff. Minus like the Wii U. We didn't get that day one. And even actually Switch, we didn't get day one, right? We waited. Uh, but uh, pretty much everything I'm going to say from Wii, <laughs> Wii pre, everything pre the Wii, we uh, got pretty close to day one. Now, do you count Christmas day one? Because we were kids, you know, in the like 80s and 90s. And like for Christmas, I got the N64 for Christmas. I got the PS1 for Christmas. We got the Super Nintendo for Christmas. So those were all I still kind of consider day one because they came out around the holidays but I guess it wasn't technically day one, right? But we got it. I don't know. I kind of consider those day one, even though we, right. We, we weren't in control of it. So, but in theory, you know, my mom had to screw the mailman to even for us to get these consoles. So I guess, you know, we, she put in work to get it. So, uh, yeah. So Nintendo stuff, we usually will do day one, depending again, it really comes down to the, uh, the games, the software, right? If they don't have any software, that's going to be really, it's going to be difficult for us to make that plunge. It's like, I'm thinking about this when you brought this up, I'm thinking about Series X and PS5. And remember, I ranted last episode, I was talking about the backwards compatibility and how that's important to me and how Sony is almost ignoring it, which really makes me want to lean towards Series X just because of it. So... But then again, maybe they have killer, killer apps when they come out at launch. you know, you're going to have to really think about that. Um, but yeah, early adopter, Super Nintendo, N64, PS1. Uh, yeah, definitely remember all those. My friend got a 3DO. I did not. Day one, we've talked about that. I love the 3DO, by the way. It's a great console. And um, yeah, I, I, I'll wait in line for stuff that I'm really, really into. I'm not really a fan of doing that too much anymore because it's almost more convenient now. Pre-orders and the internet and sales and online. There's a lot of things that make it readily available. And even like Amazon shipping, like Prime shipping. Bro, you can order a console and get it shipped a day or two before it's released and it gets here on this release day. Like it's so convenient. So um, that's almost just, sometimes it's better than like going and waiting in line. Although waiting in line for a console and being a part of the community and being in that hype, it, there's nothing better. There really is, you know, there's nothing better. Like what was the last game that you she asked before animal droppings, what yeah, was, what was, what was the last game that I day one? Um, what was it? My goodness. So you, like, you went and and- oh, that I actually went and waited in line for day one. Oh, my gosh. Was it... uh, I don't want to say it was fucking Black Ops. It it was Battlefield. It was Battlefield 4. Wait. No, Battlefield 3. Battlefield 3. I waited with Gamester at GameStop in town. Was that really the last game I waited in line for? Yeah, you really just don't need to anymore and if even if you go if if you go all digital, what's the fucking point right? That's a great question i honestly i think that was the last one that had it been twenty thirteen when did battlefield three come out twenty twelve I don't know That's an early ass game that's crazy to think. I don't know there's probably an i always forget when i'm get put on the spot I forget, and then i after the fact, I'm like, oh man, I could have i no, I actually have a better answer. You know, it makes me just want to think about playing a song. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Oh, I know what it was. It was Hong Kong 97, Seth. That was the last game I waited in line for. (laughs) Hong Kong 97. Thank you, Cameron, for the voicemail. Let's jump in. Oh, no, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me, iPad. There is nothing finer than waiting in line though. And being a part of that community and just like all light gamers is pretty cool. It is tons of fun. All right, let's go on to the next one.
1: Hey Jason, Chris here from Fort St. John, British Columbia, Canada. I've been thinking lately about how much I miss movie license games. Ever since the last generations of consoles, there has almost been a complete absence of them. Mm. I know they're usually terrible, but could you imagine a 3D platformer based on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie developed by the team that made the Shrek games? (laughs) My morbid curiosity would force me to play that. Yes, And we're robbing ourselves of true gems. Remember Spider-Man 2 or King Kong? God, King Kong was a 9 out of 10 game for me. My question for you is, what movies from the last 5 years or so would you like to see games made out of and why? I'm stuck here with COVID, no joke. Worked at a grocery store and uh, now I'm quarantined and sick. So I'm dependent on you to make podcasts regularly still and keep me entertained while I try to stay healthy. Stay safe and have a good one, guys.
0: Oh, my gosh, Chris. Chris just sent over a voicemail. He's in Canada, BC, Canada. He has COVID. So he's home, he's quarantined. Chris, my goodness, my friend, please stay safe. Hope you feel better. Hope you get over this. And uh, I will continue the podcast for you, sir. Thank you. Yes, I will, I, will, I will do everything I can to keep you entertained. That is a great question he sent over as well. That we're missing games that were based off movies today. Honestly, what was the last? I mean, yeah, we have some, we have some great Spider-Man ones. I think the last really great one was Spider-Man, right? On PS4. That was a huge game. Very popular. People loved it. Now, I'll let it be known, and I've said this many, many times in the past. For me personally, I'm not a huge movie goer. I love watching movies when I'm actually there and in the seat and sitting down and enjoying myself. But just like preparing and going there and then paying for the ticket and then just like, I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's, I just, like, if I'm going to sit for two hours, I'd rather just play a game, you know? But uh, we have recently, Steph and I did go and see, actually, I have a great, I have a great answer for this just hit me. It just hit me. So Chris was asking, I'm saying this to Steph too, so she, she knows what I'm gonna answer. He was asking what movies from like the past five years would you like to see cross and be made into a game? He was talking about the Sonic movie, new Sonic movie, being like a 3D platformer made from the people who made Shrek. The developers made Shrek or something. Oh, okay. His morbid curiosity would want, would have him to play that game. And I, I get it. I love shitty games. I love playing shitty games too. Not saying it would be shitty, but it would be shitty. It would be Dirty Diaper shitty. But it just hit me. So recently, I'm going to just say the last movie we saw, and it was Bad Boys 3, all right? I love the Bad Bad Boys franchise. I've been a fan since it came out. Love Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Love them. They're great. But it just hit me. I would like a Bad Boys movie, which kind of already sounds... Oh, bad, pun. Not intended, just the way it happens. It already sounds like it would be bad, But how about this? Bad Boys cross Die Hard. Remember Die Hard trilogy on PlayStation? It was three games in one. They also had a second one, Die Hard. I think it was called Die Harder or something, Die Hard 2. It was three games in one. It was a racing game, it was a light gun game, and then it was a third person kind of action shooter game. And to be honest, it's fantastic. The Die Hard games on PlayStation 1, fantastic. Honestly, if you have a CRT TV, and you kind of have to have a CRT because you have to use your light gun, you can use a controller, but it's so much better with a light gun. I played this game for hours. I would love to have a modern day bad boys, bad boys game or Bad Boys 3. Oh, that'd be perfect. That would actually be perfect. Bad Boys 3, and it's three games, just like Die Hard. Oh, it's all coming together. This is Perfect. So one would be like a racing game and you're cruising through like the neon neon um, saturated streets of Miami. You're cruising around like Grand Theft Auto type shit. You're just cruising around doing things. Checkpoint racing, whatever. Deliver the drugs to this or that or whatever. Chase the bad guys. That'd be awesome. Then one would be same like a light gun game where you're actually cruising around the streets, shooting light gun, whatever, you know, like Virtua Cop, House of the Dead style, but in like... um miami like and then a uh, almost like o- overhead like grand theft auto style almost like sh- adventure duck and cover type game Ooh, that's a great question and i i would love to have that that would be great that's my answer chris hey man i hope you feel better please take care and please do stay in touch all right i'd like to know how you're doing and uh I don't know. You can talk shit about my answer there. You're like, oh, that'd be a terrible idea, Jason. <laughs> Actually, that'd be fun. I, w- I would definitely play that. Have like multiplayer. You guys, we could like go in there, racing together or something, shooting the light gun. That'd be rad. That'd be rad. <clears throat> all right, let's jump into our, uh, let's jump into another question on the voicemail hotline. This is great. Thanks so much for taking part, folks. This is fun. Love it. Love chatting with you all.
1: Hey, Jason, is Tyler, one of your uh, Patreon supporters and Missiles. Um, I was just calling to see what you think about the arcade one-up arcade cabinets. I know you uh, Mm. had said in one of your podcasts that you really regretted selling uh, your MK2 cabinets, some other ones, and uh, I know me personally, I uh, had a Ninja Turtle original arcade cab, and um, I really loved it, but it was just so big, and when I got ready to move, um, you know, I just didn't really have the space for it, and uh, they – they recently came out with a new uh, Ninja Turtles cab uh, in the Arcade 1-Up style.
0: I've seen it. It's and, great, yeah. Uh,
1: I've really enjoyed those, and, and you get to uh, have several cabinets there, uh, you know, and I think it's the same the original Arcade cab. So i was just curious to uh, see what you bought about them bottom. Would you uh, buy it yourself? Have a good day, man. Bye.
0: All right, cut out a little bit there, but I understood what you said there. He was asking about the one-up cabinets, yes. And you know what? It's funny. Cameron asked, I think a few episodes ago, about things I regret, and I talked. I told a story about a, um, the Honda Accord that I rebought. One of the big things, it's actually. See, I forgot about it at the time. One of the biggest gaming things I do regret selling are my arcade cabinets. I love the arcade cabinets. They were, they were perfectly meant. I loved them, and I've I redid a lot of them. I added speaker mods those videos are on my YouTube channel. You can watch. I added a subwoofer and killer instinct. I added speakers at the top. I remade a wood panel and put speakers into MK two. It sounded so fucking good. But again, just like you said there, Tyler, they're heavy. They're huge. They're tough to move. And they sh- at the time it was just me by myself. Like, bro, you know how fucking difficult these things. Are? I got to almost like hire people to come help me move them. I didn't have the proper hand truck to do it. They make like a uh, refrigerator dollies and stuff that you sh- should use and strap them into you to move them. But yeah, man, they're just they're super heavy. At the time I was in financial crisis, I had to sell them. Like, that was the only way I could do it. And on top of it, I can't fucking move them by myself. So, yeah, that made sense. I do regret selling those. And in time, someday, I'll have them back. I want my Killer Instinct and my MK2. I even had Tetris. I, I would love that Tetris cab back. Um, Tyler, thank you again for your support on Patreon. I appreciate you greatly. Now, to answer your question, though, the 1UP cabinets, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. My homie uh, John Choncho that he lives in town. He has a bunch of these. And I have yet to go over to his house and see them. But he I think he has the Street Fighter and the Turtles and a couple others. But they are so great. Honestly, that is the way to do it, man. That is the way to do it. They have great games. They have a Mortal Kombat one. Fuck. I would love the MK2 one. Just and you, but you have to get the stand, right? You have to get the little platform. I think the platform is what another hundred or two hundred bucks. Like it's kind of spendy but overall in the grand scheme of things it'd still be cheaper to get that than the full cabinet sure it's not the original og cabinets but they're still there still functional and the games play really well i will tell you guys a quick story about one up so again my friend john he got the street fighter one he ins- he put it together set it all up he had an issue with his video the cabinet the, like the video was cut off on the screen and it was like really weird and kind of distorted He contacted, this is just, this is good news for everyone who is interested in their customer support. He contacted one up, told him, told them about his situation, told what was happening, what it looked like, sent pictures. They sent him an all new board, a a all new board said, they just put this new board in and replace it with this old one. And they said, just throw the old one out. We don't even want it back. He replaced it with a new board. Boom, fixed it. So we had like a defective, a defective board, right? So But they took care of it. Free of charge. No problem at all. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. It's great. So great customer support. Great products. I love that they have these real official cabinets from these licensed games. I mean, fuck yeah. Four player turtles in a small form cabinet. Tyler, fuck yeah, bro. Fuck. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's great. So do I own any? Unfortunately, no. Like we are out of room in this place. But in time, I would love to. My biggest worry is that when the time comes, like in however many years, when the time comes that I'm ready to like make a, a dedicated room to have some, they're not available. That's what I'm going to be really sad about. I definitely want to collect them. I think it'd be great to have a whole arcade room just with those. I, I think it'd be great. It'd be great. Fantastic stuff right there. Tyler, thank you for your question. Thank you for your support on Patreon. I appreciate you being there. And uh, also Cameron, who sent over the question, thank you so much for your support on Patreon as well. And Chris, my man, please get better out there. Locked down in BC with that COVID, my friend. Please let me know if there's anything that I can do for you, okay? Wow, this has been fun. This has been fun. Uh, That pretty much wraps up the end of the show. I'm going to pop open the Patreon slide again, give a round of applause to all the amazing support here. Shout out to the folks here. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Sam, Luke, Ryan, and Justin. Really appreciate your support right there on patreon.com slash Jason Heine. That's where we go. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to pull up a song here, but before we do that, I wanted just to make sure, uh, don't worry, Thomas, I'll get you added in there on the slide. I haven't added you in there yet, but Thomas Hansen, thank you for joining Patreon on that main floor. He's taking part of that after party. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's coming. Yeah. I'm actually going to, I'm going to film something, uh, probably today, tonight or tomorrow for you All right, let's go ahead and get something queued up. Let me get a song queued up. I know exactly what I'm going to play, too. It's been a fresh, hot minute. You can go to my website, hineyhouse.com, and get this. Or it's also my Bandcamp if you want to download it there, too. There's nothing wrong with that. I got a Bandcamp page with all my discography on there. And I think I played this maybe once a long time ago, but it's been a fresh, hot minute. I'm going to play... I made a Tetris remix... Yes. Tetris remix. And I'm going to mirror it so you can see the cover art. Boom. Boom. Here we are. Here it is. This is my bandcamp page. You can see Tetris remix. I made this for a Tetris documentary that was filmed by uh, one of my friends on YouTube last year. And it was a great episode. I was really happy and thankful to be a part of it. And he asked me if I'd be interested to do a Tetris remix song for it. And uh, I produced this. And it was a lot of fun. So, folks, thank you for listening to the podcast. Great time here. Great times laughing with you. Thank you for your support. Heinehouse.com. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. All right? Take care now. Bye-bye. I bet you never thought you'd hear Tetris in the style of drum and bass X jungle. That's right. Much love, y'all. Catch you later.